G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Mary realized Jesus was coming to die on the cross, and she wanted to do something for Him to show her love. Mary demonstrated her love for Jesus in an extravagant way. Many were surprised. But Pastor Greg Laurie says she actually set a good example. The more we discover about what Jesus has done for us will cause us to want to do more for Him. The Bible says we love Him because He first loved us. This is the day when the lost are found. you a gift that's modest, your expression of thanks can likewise be modest. But when the gift is extraordinary, as a modern etiquette expert says, keep the level of the thank you near the level of the kindness you received. Well, today in A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie takes us to a memorable moment in Jesus' ministry when gratitude was extended to him at such a generous level it drew attention and even criticism from the disciples. Pastor Greg explains that Jesus commended Mary. Let's pick up where we last left off in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus is headed to the cross. He has plainly declared that to his disciples at a place called Caesarea Philippi. He told them he was going to be betrayed, he was going to be crucified, and he would rise again on the third day. And this came as bad news to his boys because his popularity was at its total peak. The name of Jesus was on everyone's lips. He was trending on social media. Well, he would have been if this happened today. Matthew chapter 12, verse 12 said, large crowds gathered to him and he got into a boat and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And then Luke 12, 1 says, thousands of people had gathered together and they were stepping on one another. So everybody wanted to get close to Jesus. And so he was very popular. But ironically... These same people that were expressing their interest in him would soon turn against him when he made his way to the cross. Even his own hand-picked disciples did not fully understand what he was about to do. He had come to die on the cross. This was always the plan from the very beginning. And even though he spoke about it in great detail, his disciples missed it with one exception. And it wasn't John known for his spiritual perception. It wasn't Peter, normally known for his outspokenness. It wasn't Andrew. It wasn't Matthew. It wasn't one of the apostles. It wasn't a man. It was a woman. And she was not one of the apostles, but she understood what Jesus had come to do. And her name was Mary. 
Now, there's a lot of Marys in the Bible. So sometimes we get confused. First of all, there's Mary, the mother of Jesus. Then there's Mary Magdalene. And then there is Mary and Martha, okay? So this is Mary of Mary and Martha fame. It's worth noting that every time we read of Mary, she is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Maybe that's why she had this great insight. Uh, we remember one occasion when Jesus came over to her home where she lived with her sister uh, Martha and her brother Lazarus. And uh, Martha went into the kitchen to make a great feast for Jesus. And Mary was just sitting at his feet. And this frustrated Martha because it's a lot of work to prepare a meal. And she comes out demanding that Mary join her in the kitchen. And Jesus made an amazing statement to Martha. He said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Think about that. Mary chose what is better. We have that same choice to do the right thing, to not do the wrong thing. We can be like manic Martha's flitting here and there, going about our business, or we can be like Mary and take the time to sit at his feet and hear what he has to say. And when you choose what is better, as Jesus said Mary did, you're making the best choice. And that's where she discovered this essential truth. Mary realized Jesus was coming to die on the cross. I know it seems obvious to us now, but no one else got this. She knew he was coming to die on the cross. And she also understood that's where he was now headed. She thought, I've got to do something profound. I have to do something significant that will show my thankfulness to him, my love for him, my devotion to him. So she brings this great gift. And Jesus said, this will now be a memorial to her wherever the gospel is preached. So, what exactly did Mary do? What was this profound gift that so moved Jesus? He wanted to memorialize it. Let's read about it now. Mark chapter 14, starting in verse one. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, uh, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those who were present said, oh, this is worth more than a year's wages. Why this waste of perfume? This could have been sold and the money could have been given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Now look at the response of Jesus. He said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? The poor you always have with you and you can help them anytime you want but you don't always have me with you. She did what she could. She poured perfume in my body beforehand in preparation for my burial. And I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Now this probably was a family heirloom. As it's been pointed out, it was worth a year's wages. So it was worth thousands and thousands of dollars. Under normal circumstances, just a few drops uh, from a bottle like this would be sufficient. She pours the whole bottle on him and then wipes his feet with her hair. But Judas is very critical. 
Maybe he had his little calculator out. He knew the price of everything and the value of nothing. He calculated it and said, this is a waste. And, and it did seem like a waste, but it actually wasn't a waste at all. I read that one of the most expensive perfumes that you can buy is called Clive Christian Number no. 1 Imperial Majesty. Oh my, that's a very impressive title, isn't it? It's a combination of Mandarin Orange, Indian Jasmine, White Peach, Lemon, and more, and it costs you $200,000 a bottle. Oh, but wait, they deliver it in a Bentley. <laughs> So that's a lot of money to spend on perfume, but it even gets crazier. The most expensive perfume you can buy today is called, here you go, sucker. No, I made that up. It's actually uh, called Shamaku. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, and frankly, I don't even care. But uh, this comes in a crystal bottle uh, covered in diamonds, pearls, and gold, and how much does it cost? Are you ready for this? $1,295,000. Then again, you can go over to Amazon and order some Jade East for around $22, or High Karate for $56, or Old Spice for about $13. And there's Brute, don't forget that. But you know, the idea here is, it's not how much this costs, it's how much it costs her. It cost her a lot. She was giving the most precious thing she owned to Jesus. Great to have you with us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And today he's pointing out that Mary, Martha's sister, gave the most precious thing that she had to the Lord. It was a surprising gesture, but the Lord commended her. Let's continue. What is the most precious thing that you own? What is more valuable to you than anything else? Now question, would you be willing to give that to Jesus? That's what this is all about. We remember the story of that young man we call the rich young ruler. He came to Jesus in his super cool tricked out chariot, lowered, <laughs> drinking a latte, probably not. But uh, he comes up to Jesus and he says, a good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life. Jesus reminds him of some of the commandments and this rich young ruler uh, says, well, all these I've kept from my youth up and Jesus probably left out loud. The Bible doesn't say, but no one's kept the commandments from his youth up. And here's what I find fascinating. After this brash and arrogant young man said he had kept the commandments, we read this statement. Jesus looked at the man and felt genuine love for him. And then Jesus made this statement. There's one thing you haven't done. Go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Listen to this. And then the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. Understand, this was never about the man's stuff. Jesus didn't want his stuff. He just saw that in the heart of this young man, those things were more important to him than anything else, including God. He says, there's one thing you need to do. See, that young ruler missed the one thing and he walked away sad. He wasn't willing to let it go. But Mary, she got that one thing. One thing is essential, Jesus said of Mary, and she has chosen it. Well, Judas did not get it, and so he criticized it. Judas is typical of so many people today, like dutiful Pharisees, they wanna give the bare minimum to God. They'll lamely ask questions like, can you do this and still technically go to heaven? 
uh, can I get away with this and still call myself a Christian? Those are the wrong questions. We'll, we'll give our leftovers to God, if you will. We'll pray briefly if we think of it. Uh, we'll read the Bible if we can make time in our busy schedules for it. And, uh, and then what's even worse is we will criticize others that are more committed to the Lord than we are. Maybe that's one of the reasons why the early church changed their world. Maybe that's why the early church turned their world upside down because they had a sense of abandon. Uh, God would tell Philip, go to the desert. And he went in obedience to the Lord. God would tell Peter, reach down and take that man by the hand and pull him to his feet. And he would do it. They took risks and they left their comfort zone. Why? Because the scripture says they had been with Jesus. Acts 4.13 says the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John because they were ordinary men. They had no special training, but they recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Can someone tell you've been with Jesus? Can they see it reflected in your life? Does the fragrance of your life fill the room as it did with Mary and her gift to the Lord? It's a wonderful thing when people see that and ask us why we are the way that we are and they want to know more about us and then we can share the gospel. Now again, I want to emphasize, Mary did not have the same privileges as the disciples. They spent pretty much every waking hour in the presence of Jesus for some three years. She was with him sporadically, but she was gonna take advantage of this opportunity. She's gonna listen to him, she's gonna learn from him, and she's gonna bring a great gift to him because she could see the lines etching his face and read or write the problems reflected in his eyes, and she understood he had said what he meant and he meant what he said. He was going to die on a cross, and that broke her heart, so she was gonna bring her tribute to Jesus now. She would not wait until he was gone. And I wanna remind you right now, there might be someone that you know and love. And I wanna ask you, when's the last time you told them you love them? Well, I'll, I'll say something nice at their funeral service. Well, they won't be around to hear that, will they? So bring your flowers now. If there's someone you love and appreciate, tell them now. If you have regrets, deal with that now and make the appropriate changes. Uh, if there's someone you need to forgive, do it now. And why should you forgive someone? You say, well, they don't deserve my forgiveness. My response is, do you deserve to be forgiven by God? The answer is no. So the Bible says, forgive as God in Christ has forgiven you. See, forgiving a person isn't letting them off the hook. It's a way for you to get free of your bitterness because the one that's being hurt more by your lack of forgiveness is not the person that hurts you, it's you. As I've said so many times, when you forgive a person, you set a prisoner free yourself. And so this woman said, I'm gonna do it now. Listen, now is the time to share that gospel with the person. Now is the time to make that change in your life. Seize the moment. Carpe diem is the expression. That's exactly what Mary did. But of course, Judas thought it was a waste and he criticized her for it. But then John gives us an interesting little detail about Judas. He said, Judas did not say this because he cared about the poor. He said this because he was a thief. Basically, Judas was hanging onto the money for the disciples and he was pocketing it 
And so this had nothing to do with this concern for the poor. And that reminds me of a very important point about critical people. Sometimes the people that complain the most actually do the very least. And sometimes the people who are aiming accusations at you are revealing something about themselves. The thing they're accusing you of is actually what they are personally guilty of. After all, it was Judas who sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. So Judas was evil and greedy and wicked and she was thoughtful and godly and committed. So things are not always as they appear. Now Jesus commends her as an example to us. Look at verse eight. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. She did what she could because she understood that he would do what he did. In the same way, the more we discover about what Jesus has done for us will cause us to want to do more for him. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. She saw this love that was driving him. She saw this concern for her and the others and all of humanity. And so she wanted to do something for him to show her love. Good inspiration for us today here on A New Beginning. Pastor Greg Laurie pointing out Mary's extravagant love and gratitude for the Lord. Well, next time, more insight on the wise choice Mary made, contrasted with the choice of her chief critic, Judas Iscariot. Join us next time on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today's message from Pastor Greg was called The Best Choice. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Christian media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.